Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Home to Self podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. And if it's your first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Today's episode is going to be on one of the topics that is most near and dear to my heart and that I love so, so much. And that is the power of your subconscious mind. I really believe that doing the work to reprogram and understand the stories that live deep within your subconscious mind is our direct access to freedom and really to everything that we didn't even know we wanted. So many of us are going around trying to fix our lives, change our lives, change our behaviors, get better results, change our circumstances because we desire feelings, right? We desire more freedom, we desire more peace, more vitality, more love, more acceptance, all of these feelings that we think are going to come when our circumstances are different, when we have more money, when we have a better job, the perfect partner, the right friend group, whatever those circumstances are for you that we have been so conditioned to believe are going to bring us these deeper feelings of self-love, self-acceptance, and peace and vitality on the inside. And although those do those things do contribute to those states, it is my personal opinion through doing this work and really going on my own journey and working with clients that all of those and more live within doing the work to reveal, uncover, and ultimately reprogram the deeper stories that are found in, inside your subconscious mind. So the crazy thing is that we all have our own unique patterns and stories within our subconscious that we adopted in childhood. Some people believe that we even come into this earth with our specific constraints and subconscious patterns that then are revealed through our childhood and throughout the rest of our lives that we then have the option to look at and heal. Others believe that they are actually created and adopted within childhood based on what we experienced. Either way, we all have them. We all have our own version of them. And the reason these can be tricky is because they are in the subconscious, which literally means subconscious, right? Underneath the conscious awareness. So your conscious mind is everything that is right here, your thinking mind, the things that you can think of and analyze in this reality, right? The subconscious is actually 95%. It dictates 95% of your everyday life, your behaviors, your actions, your results. So much of it is actually coming and determined and influenced by your subconscious, which again is out of your conscious awareness, which means you're not really aware of it until you start to do this work to really, really get to the root of it. But that's why it's so sneaky and can be difficult to work with because it is inherently a blind spot right? That is, that is kind of the definition of the subconscious. It's like, it's out of your conscious awareness. And so it can be tricky because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that you have certain belief systems or certain stories about who you are in this world or how this world operates until you really start to do the self-awareness work or work with someone or life to reveal that and to really, really become very aware of your own stories that are operating at a deep subconscious level. But that being said, that is why it's the access to freedom. And you might be sitting here thinking, Lily, I am free. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want with my life. This is true. 
But the freedom that I'm talking about is at, again, a mental level and especially a subconscious level. When there are stories that are holding you back, that are limiting you, right? Limiting beliefs are stories that limit your potential, such as the story of thinking that you are not enough unless you have X, Y, Z, that you are not inherently loved for who you are, that you are not smart enough, that you are not safe is a big one. There are these primal human constraints that so many of us have deep in our subconscious, again, that we're not really even aware of, that actually limit what we are capable of achieving and manifesting in this reality until we do the work to like dissolve them and let go of their power over us, right? So this is deeper than just like, oh, I have this belief that I'm not good enough. That That is like a thread that you can take and then go even deeper and deeper. But this really comes down to like an identity level. Like who are you for yourself, this identity that has been created of who is Lily, based on the things that I've experienced and not just things I've experienced, but the interpretations, the meaning that I've assigned to the things I've experienced that have over the years created this persona of who I think I am, right? And that's, this is where the conflict arises. And I think that the deep, you know, self-loathing, self-hatred, self-criticism, self-judgment comes up because there is this potential of who we know we can be right? We all have connected to this at some point or another. Deep in our soul, we are like, I know my potential. I know what I am capable of. And then there's the other side of what we are actually doing with our lives, who we are actually showing up as day in and day out. And that degree of separation creates so much of our suffering, so much of our discomfort, of our dis-ease, right? It's like, I, I know I know how much potential I have, and yet I don't understand why I'm not able to fulfill on that. And we, and that creates so much resentment when you don't understand why, right? You don't understand why you keep self-sabotaging on the goals and the dreams that you have, or why you keep holding yourself back, or why you won't take the action that you know is necessary to build the life that you really, really desire. When we don't understand that, and we just keep reinforcing these patterns, we build up so much resentment towards ourselves and we build up stress and tension. Maybe it results as anger towards ourselves or self-criticism. We add more pressure. We try to get ourselves, force ourselves into doing these things. Like, oh, it's just do it already. You know, like maybe I just need a new challenge and the 75 hard. And like, maybe I just need more accountability and da, 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 da. We think it's like a matter of willpower. And of course, you know, this isn't just black or white. Maybe there is some of that. Only you will know that. However, deep down, if there are subconscious stories of fear, lack, limitation of some sort that are still there, that have been programmed like a computer program in our subconscious from the ages of zero to seven is usually when those that subconscious is formed, that ego mind, then it is like you are pressing the gas and the brakes on a car at the same time. And that's why it's so hard to move forward and actually make progress towards the things that you say you want, which is why when you work with, you know, most coaches or even sometimes therapists or, 
whoever is helping you in the area of self-help and becoming a better version of yourself, if you are only addressing behavior, it is, as Peter Crone would say, at best, you're becoming a better version of your limited self. Because again, you're pressing the gas, there is still a deep subconscious story about who you think you are for yourself that is inherently holding you back. And so letting go of that story, dissolving that story is what gives you back your power and creates more freedom. Because when you don't operate from these deeper stories of I am not enough or the world is unsafe or, you know, I have to do this to be loved in the world, suddenly you are free to actually fulfill on anything that you desire, on your potential, on, on, you know, goals that you have, on dreams that you have. That is freedom. It's freedom from your own perception of what is possible for you, of what you're capable of, Right. That is the level of freedom that I don't even think people realize they actually want. Because we are sold these magic pills, we are sold circumstantial comfort and, you know, goals and achievements, like getting the perfect body and the job and the money and the partner. And like we are, we are so conditioned to believe that that is what we want. And it's okay to want that. Those desires are there for a reason. I have them too. But when you dissolve the deeper meaning of like, until I have those things, I'm not going to feel great about myself or I'm not going to be loved or I'm not going to be happy or I'm not going to be okay and safe. Like that is what we need to look at. Because you can have all of those feelings without ever having the circumstances. And that is true freedom. True freedom is when you are totally okay with the way things are. You are at peace. You don't rely on circumstances to make you worthy or to feel loved in this world. And ironically, that is actually your access to the things in the, the physical that you want, to those circumstances, is you actually feeling totally whole, complete, worthy, loved, safe in this present moment, which again comes when you dissolve these deeper subconscious stories that we adopted in childhood as a way to protect ourselves based on what we experienced, right? So I want to share an analogy with you guys that I learned from Peter Crone that I thought was such a brilliant way to understand this a little bit deeper. So I want you to think of throwing a pebble into a still pond. Right? When you throw a pebble into a pond, you get ripples in the water. Let's say you have five ripples from one, from one pebble that you throw into the water. The way most people are trying to change themselves in their lives is by looking at the fifth ripple. Right? Let's say there's five, you're looking at the last ripple, which is in this case going to be your behaviors, right? the things that you are or are not doing. And that's mostly where people are trying to evoke change is by shifting and manipulating your behaviors so that you automatically get different results in life. And although that does work to a certain degree, it's not the most efficient route and it's not going to be the, the route that accesses freedom and long-term success, vitality, health, etc. Because again, you are disregarding the deeper root cause of why that, why that ripple, that fifth ripple is there to begin with. In order to actually create long lasting change, we have to look at the root cause. 
which means looking not at the fifth ripple, not at the fourth, the third, the second, or the first, but actually at the pebble that was thrown into the water that created all of the ripples to begin with. And that pebble is the root cause, which in this case are these subconscious constraints that are holding us back. So at this point, you're probably like, okay, Lily, I get it. I probably have subconscious constraints that I'm not even aware of that I want to look at in order to create change in my life and get the things that I want. But how? How do you do this, right? And this is the part that's tricky. This is the part that, you know, takes a little bit of work. This is why it's called the inner work. It's not just like super easy to change, but it is the most worthy journey to actually take and put your effort into. And I'll give you a personal example before I start to break down more of the how. So a subconscious pattern or deep subconscious belief that I have had from my childhood is that I am not inherently safe unless I control my environment, unless I have X amount of money, unless I have these friends and this partner, right? Whatever the circumstances is. But I just believe deep down that I, you know, that, that I have to get safety from the outside in, that I'm not inherently safe and secure. Security and safety are such a big one for so many people. And it's something that I continue to work through and uncover within myself. And again, the root cause for this, there's many different ones, but um, I just was conditioned to believe that there is scarcity in this world, that there is lack, that I have to work really hard to be safe, to make money. And although it was more of a emotional lack of safety as opposed to physical safety, like I was always physically safe in my life, but emotionally there was a lot of turmoil in my home. And as a small child, when you don't have the ability to comprehend and analyze and make sense of things, you adopt these subconscious stories as a way to make sense of the world and protect yourself. So I want you to know all of these limitations that we've created without, you know, consciously doing so, but that we've adopted as coping mechanisms are essentially protective mechanisms. At one point when you were a child that didn't have any better way to cope with the emotions that were coming up, we created meaning, right? We are meaning making machines. And so one of the meanings that you might've created, or in this case I created was that I am not safe. And if I think that I am not safe, if that is part of my identity, then as a coping mechanism, I will do anything to try and create safety in my life. Now, this sounds great, but the problem is, for one, it is just not a truth, right? I can't inherently say that I am not safe in this moment. That is a mental story that is created out of fear. I am safe. That is the truth. I am safe. And safety is actually something that comes from within me. It's a feeling I create within me. It is not something that comes from a quote unquote secure job or a partnership or money in my bank account. Those are things that can be taken away from me at any point. They don't actually relate to safety. It just makes my mind think because of the story that I have and the conditioning that I have that now I am safe. And so for me, it's been a lot of reprogramming, but 
this is such a deep core wound belief that comes, it's generational, really. Like my grandparents were in World War II um, when there was actually a lack of safety for a lot of people. There was actually scarcity. You know, there was not enough food. And so these programs are really, really deep. They're passed down from generation to generation sometimes. And so it just hopefully allows you to have a lot more compassion for yourself. That is like literally one of the most healing parts of this work is that the more you understand where your conditioning comes from, where your subconscious stories come from and why they were created as a way to protect you and keep you safe when you didn't know any better, you suddenly have so much more compassion for yourself. So instead of beating yourself up, criticizing, judging yourself when you self-sabotage, when you realize that you still haven't taken action on the thing you say you want with all your heart, you can actually approach it with so much more compassion and you can hold yourself through that knowing that there is an inner child within you. In my case, there's a little girl within me that will always be there that is actually just scared. She is scared that she's not going to be okay if she doesn't have X, Y, and Z in her life, right? And I can totally empathize with that. Like imagine that there was a child in your life that you absolutely adored that was just scared for her survival. And even if it seems minor to you, you know, for whatever reason, like something, I don't know if your limitation is like, I don't feel like I am good enough. And and everyone I think can relate to this one in some degree, whether it's pretty enough, smart enough, skinny enough, whatever, successful enough, whatever that is, that version of flavor of yours. Even if you think that that's not that big of a deal, it is to a child. And that's how I want you to remember it. It's like, we're always like, when we're talking about these conditioned patterns, Remember that they are created in childhood between the ages of 0 to 7, 14, if we're being generous. Those years, you are, you, have, you are a child, right? And so everything that you adopted, you were understanding it through the eyes of a small child who doesn't know any better. And that's why those programs are so primal and so, yeah, even if they seem silly or not that big of a deal as an adult, when you have all this awareness and this understanding of what life really is and who you actually are and what's real, you have to understand that we're talking about your inner child here. And when you approach yourself with more compassion and understanding and kindness and empathy, that is actually what helps a child heal and create change and see things differently. So the way that I often still do, because it's a deep, deep pattern, it's not a conscious choice, but it is something I'm working through. But oftentimes I will still, when a trigger comes up and I respond with my old patterns of scarcity, of trying to control, right? So like, for example, a personal example for me is like when I feel that there is scarcity financially, right? Like the, for some reason, quote unquote, we don't have enough money for something and a bill comes in that I wasn't expecting, or I see a greater number at the grocery store than I was hoping for. And my body goes into that fight or flight. It just like constricts. And I notice the fear and the stories come up of like, I'm not going to be okay. And it might not even be in that exact 
uh, wording of like, I'm not going to be okay. That's actually at the deeper subconscious level. But for me, it might be like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have enough. Or like, this is way too much money, or I need to, you know, watch out for this next spending or whatever, however it comes up for you, which might look different every time, but the feeling is there and the response, the reaction is very similar. That is how I know that I am triggered and back to old patterns that came from childhood. So instead of being like, when I come to again and I, you know, have calmed down a little bit, Sometimes if I'm still approaching it with my old patterning, I might be like, oh my God, like here you are again in your scarcity mindset. And like, you know, better than this. And like, you've learned about this and like, you know, it's not true. And why are you still falling? Whatever the story is, right? This critical voice that just starts to attack because you're still falling into old patterns. Instead, (laughs) if I can approach, which this is what I do now, most of the time is I can take a few minutes in the car, let's say after the grocery bill comes up and I pay for it and I go to my car and I can feel the tension in my body. I can sit there and I can put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly as if I'm holding my own inner child, right? Because we are communicating safety to the body and the, and your subconscious mind is your body. This is where somatic work and mindset work actually are one and the same if you are looking at it from this perspective of realizing that your your subconscious is your body it's your your automated response so if your automated response and reaction is to contract and to feel tension and to feel anxiety that is in your subconscious and it's also in your body so if we can work with that we are working with both so i can put my hand on my heart hand on my belly and i can breathe into the sensation of constriction of tension of fear in my body for me, that's usually in my chest when it comes to scarcity, because this is this deep primal feeling of not being safe. And if I can just hold myself and understand and have compassion and be like, you know, I understand that you're scared right now. I understand that this is all you've ever known, that this is what you were taught, maybe not through words, but through what you witnessed, you know, the reactions that you witnessed in your caregivers, in the in, in the people around you and life around you and, and, and how they responded, which is how we learn is through mimicking. We don't learn what our parents tell us. We adopt what they do and how they react and their emotional reactions, right? And so this is again, where it's like, it's not my conscious decision to jump into scarcity in this moment, but that's what my body's naturally doing because that little girl inside me is scared. It's that same emotional trigger that came up in this present moment. It really doesn't have anything to do with the situation at hand. It's revealing deep down what lives inside of me that I have the opportunity to heal and work through so that when something like that comes up, it doesn't trigger me the same way. Right. And so that also brings up the point of like, this is progress. This is work that looks like progress over perfection. That is so important because this might probably not be healed from one day to another. Very well will not. It's actually very rare for that to happen. And so what's more likely to happen is that you, every time that you approach yourself with compassion and love and kindness and empathy, you are helping that child reprogram the narrative. Therefore, diluting, diminishing the emotional reaction to that trigger. So next time you might be 5% less triggered or 2% less triggered than you normally are. And the more that you continue to reinforce the pattern that you are safe, that everything's okay, 
that you're not stuck in the same situation or emotional reaction that you were as a child when you adopted those stories, that is progress. That is healing. That is the work. And that is beautiful. And it makes such a difference. So don't expect it to go away overnight with one time of showing up differently. This is about reprogramming, which takes a lot of repetition. I want you to think of how many years it took, decades, right? I am almost 30, so it took almost three decades of me reinforcing the same neural pathways, the same automatic reactions to my conditioned patterns over and over and over and over again because I wasn't aware of it. I thought it was out of my control. I thought it was just who I am, right? Like that is so deeply reinforced in your subconscious at this point that shifting that into a new way of thinking and ultimately being in the world is going to take some time, some consistency, and some reinforcing. It's repetition that creates new neural pathways in the brain, which eventually down the line leads to it being second nature to you then reacting or responding in a way that is completely different than who you used to be. Instead of reacting with like so much stress and like emotional turmoil and like breaking out and seeing the world through like the worst possible lens, if that might be your conditioning at some point, you showing up with so much more calm and being like, no, we're going to figure this out and seeing it through a positive light and what witnessing your biology actually like be stay calm and grounded and centered even through stressful situations that that's the kind of progress. That's the kind of freedom we're talking about here, but it takes time. So like have patience with yourself and know that this work, it's like, it does take some time, but when you are open and willing to, to look at it and to work with yourself and potentially even get support, receive support, someone that can actually you know, hold up a mirror and show you your blind spots so that you're not just trying to figure them out yourself, which takes a lot longer. That does really accelerate the process. Anyway, I went on off off on a tangent a little bit, but I want to come back to the how, right? How, how, Lily, how do we actually start to reprogram this? And I mean, I kind of talked about it already in, in a little bit in, in, in the sense that when you get triggered, show up with more compassion and empathy. So the first step is awareness and the second step is practice, right? Awareness is realizing what is my sub, one of my subconscious patterns, right? What, what is at the root here? What do I believe about myself? And then showing up with so much more compassion so that, because if you, again, if you show up to a child with, with more pressure, discipline, and oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this again. And like, you should know better and you should be doing better. And look at this person knows how to do it. And you're just stupid and dumb and like, figure it out tomorrow. I'm going to set this deadline. Like do it. That energy. Can you imagine going up to a scared, hurt child? Because your inner child is really simple. It's either hurt or scared. Those are really the two primary emotions of the inner child. Can you imagine running up to a small two-year-old child that is hurt and scared and, and, and really, it seems like an attack when you show up with that energy and that criticism and that judgment. The child is either going to fight back and be like, or I mean, probably not fight back, honestly, at a, a two-year-old. 
But because we are also showing up with our egoic tendencies as adults, you might fight back to that in some regard through defensiveness, right? Defending yourself, trying to play victim. Or you're going to just shut down and paralyze yourself. Either way, those approaches are not going to lead to aligned action, which are going to lead to change. So we need to approach ourselves with so much compassion and love and understand that these are deep, primal, subconscious patterns that evolved when you were a child that are only going to heal when you can hold yourself in a loving, empathetical way. So you can do this work alone. Like I just explained, you know, there is like through my own example, there are definitely so many ways for you to do this work on your own. And the way to do that is to view life as your teacher because life is your teacher, right? You are not a victim of this life as hard as it is sometimes to believe that and to really like take ownership over your life. I get that because victim mentality is also one of my programs that is so deep. My whole family, I love them, bless them, but it it's just such a conditioned way of thinking that like life is out to get them and that they are somehow a victim of life. And again, this is passed on generationally. It's not something we choose. It's just what, what is, right? But when you start to become aware of it, it does become your responsibility if you want to be an empowered and free and healthy and happy human to actually break those cycles. And so knowing that you are not a victim of your life, that life is actually trying to help you, it gives you the access to actually be able to do this work. Because if you think you are a victim, you will never be able to look at your conditioned patterns and create change in your life. So we have to become empowered enough to say, okay, it's not my fault. Again, these patterns are subconscious. I didn't adopt them on purpose. It's not my fault that I have self-sabotaged up until now. However, now that I'm aware, I am empowered and responsible to create change slowly, right? To do the best that I can with the information that I now have. And through seeing life as your teacher, your access point to freedom, to recognizing what your subconscious stories and limitations are, is by looking at where you get triggered. Where in life do you get emotionally activated or upset? The way that we normally handle triggers and upset and things that we don't like that make us feel not good is by avoiding them, fighting against them, judging them, or numbing out. And hence, this is where a lot of our coping mechanisms lie, which we look at as the root problem of our lives. Take emotional eating, for example, right? Health was my access point into all of this work, my physical health. And I know it is for so many of you as well. So this is a good analogy, right? So many people come to me because they struggle with emotional eating. They don't understand why they have this pattern of reaching for food when they are triggered, when they're upset, when shit is not going well. And then they, they guilt themselves. They feel guilty. They feel so much shame. They feel so shitty about themselves after the fact that then they approach it with more shame, more guilt, more criticism, more judgment towards self. And it becomes a vicious cycle. Because again, if you come to a child who is hurt and scared and triggered with 
that energy of hatred and, you know, criticism and judgment, it's that exact energy that caused you to reach for food comfort in the first place. So now you're creating a vicious loop. Again, you're not doing this consciously, so don't blame yourself. I just want to bring awareness to it because this is your access to freedom. It's not about the food. It is not about the food. It's not about social media being, you know, your coping mechanism. It's not about sex for some people being their coping mechanism. Whatever your coping mechanism is, the way that you learned to emotionally cope with the stress, the tension, the deep feelings of of limitation within you that arise when you are triggered and when you're stressed, that is, it's not about that. It's about the deeper subconscious stories. And that's why that is your access to freedom. And when you change the pebble or remove the pebble, all of the ripples will naturally change as a byproduct. And this is why I view health through a completely different lens now. I I view it through this lens of the subconscious because when you can understand, okay, yes, you're emotionally eating and you think that that is your problem, right? When we look back, why are you emotionally eating? What triggered it? Oh, you know, I was really stressed today. What caused you to be stressed? Well, I, you know, had bills come up that I wasn't prepared for and I just feel like, I don't have enough money. Okay, where did that come from? Where's the first time that you learned about that? Well, in childhood, I remember my mom, blah, 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 blah. This is how we start to reprogram. It's a it's a reverse engineering of your own thought patterns that come to the root. And you'll notice once you get to the subconscious pattern, it'll evoke a feeling within you, right? And you'll know, oh, wow, that is really at the core of it. And that's what we start to work through. But using life as your teacher is such, it is, it is the access point. This is why you don't have to go like, you know, try digging for it or using journal prompts to really get to the root. Just let life show you. It will, like you will get triggered, whether it's something small, like you're sitting in traffic and someone cuts you off and you just get super pissed off and feel the need to like flick them off or whatever. Again, this is within you. This is an access point. This is actually an opportunity Life's not trying to piss you off or make you late to work. That, that you're not, right? You're not, you're missing the point if that's what you're looking at. And you're not, this is not going to serve you in like actually evolving. If you look at that and you're like, that's really interesting. Again, without judgment, just being like, huh, why did I just get so pissed off that some stranger cut me off in traffic? Where, where does that come from? And you might get to some deeper story of like, I'm not respected or yeah, I don't know, or whatever the story is for you, but there's something down there. So, and, and again, you can ask yourself these questions. Like see, these are some of the questions you can ask yourself. So you get emotionally triggered in some capacity, whether that's jealousy, anger, frustration, stress, resentment, whatever the emotional trigger is. Ask yourself, why am I so upset right now? And this might come, will probably come after the fact, right? So it's like you have your reaction that for the most part, you can't really control right now until you start to bring awareness and repeat, you know, a different pattern of showing up. But let's say you just have your emotional reaction. Just, it happens. You get pissed off. Someone cuts you off. You get pissed off. You get activated. You feel the, the, the heat in your body. 
let's say five minutes pass, you take a couple deep breaths, you come back to like a regulated system and you realize, okay, what just happened? Then you can start asking yourself these questions or even journaling about them is going to be more powerful. So ask yourself, why did I get so upset? What is really triggering me in this situation? Because again, it's most of the time, it's not even about the situation. You don't actually care that someone passed you and got in front of you. You witnessed it and you interpreted it as someone is cutting me off. Me. It's me. It's I'm the victim, right? When in reality, it just, what happened was a car went and then a car got in front of you. <laughs> like if you really just break it down with all the, without the emotional meaning, it's just facts, right? It's neutral. Everything is neutral in this life until we assign it a meaning. And that's why we actually can look at that and be like, what meaning am I assigning to this and why? Why is that my default way of interpreting my circumstances? So why did this upset me and what is really going on beneath the surface? And then you can go from there and say, what does this remind me of from my childhood? When do I first remember feeling this way? Is it something that you witnessed? Is it an emotion that comes up that is very familiar from childhood? What is it? Can you go a little bit deeper and go back to the access point? And then you can also ask yourself, who would I have to be for myself in order to believe this? Right? So like, if I think that, you know, unless I have X job that I'm not going to be accepted in the world, who would I have to be in order to, to have that belief? I would have to be someone at an identity level that thinks that she is not inherently worthy or loved for who she is. That I have to do more, acquire more, do better in order to be loved. Therein lies the suffering. Therein lies the constriction. You remove that story, which is just not true. And this is the last question you can ask yourself. Can I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is true? It might feel really real. That's why it's there. And you've told yourself this and believed this for so long that it really does feel true for you. But that doesn't actually make it true. Peter Crone has a quote that says, feelings are a lousy indicator of truth. Just because you feel that it's true doesn't actually mean that it's true. It's not inherently true that you are not safe. It's not inherently true that you are not worthy. It's not inherently true that you're not respected. These are stories. They're created through words, right? Which means we have the power to actually change them. And another analogy I want to give you to really reinforce the fact that these are our patterns that live within us that have nothing to do with our circumstances. It has nothing to do with the guy that cut you off in traffic, even though that is the easy way out to blame him and make it about him, right? It's like, I am angry because of him or that or this bill or this situation. That's how most people live their lives. And I mean, you're free to do that if you want, but it's not serving you. It's not serving your potential. It's not serving your health, really. When you live in victim mentality, you are like a pinball that's getting bounced around this life, activated emotionally by whatever comes your way. That is such a disempowering way to live. And you end up trying to protect yourself and control everything in your life because you feel so at the mercy of your circumstances. And that is a very stressful way to live. You become very hyper aware and controlling and angry and bitter and just 
on edge all the time. When in reality, you can heal the stories that that have been created in your subconscious and recognize that like, I am the source of my emotions. As hard as that is to like really, really sit with sometimes. And I get that. And I still struggle with this. We are human. We are going to struggle with this until the day that we die. However, progress is everything. Even small progress makes such a difference, you guys. And this does come back to, it correlates to every area of your life. Literally. That is why this work is so fucking powerful. To your health, like we just said, when you are constantly in victim mentality or when you are living from these deeper subconscious constraints of I am not enough, I am not worthy unless I have X, Y, Z, I am not accepted, I don't belong, I am not safe, whatever yours are, that again, you might not even be aware of yet, that creates a constant feeling that you need to do more or be more in this world. And that's why you can't sit still. That's why it's never enough. That's why you don't show up the way you want to. That's like all of these things that you think are the problem are, again, a coping mechanism to these deeper stories. And then your health gets better when you're more at peace with where you are and who you are and recognize the truth, which is that you are loved and you are you are love and you are free and that you're safe and all of these truths that are just inherently true because you are a living, breathing human and you're actually a soul you're not even the body that you think you are and you're not the stories that you've inherited it takes a little bit of practice but like that is truly who you are at a soul level right and so that cascades ease and peace and health through your body because when the body is calm then the body can do what it does best which is healing and it, it's like it's like these stories that we have in our subconscious are like a kink in a hose that's running. And then we're like, oh my God, I don't understand why there isn't so much water pressure coming out, right? And we try to like fix, instead of looking at the hose, I don't know, we're trying to mess with the water pressure or whatever. Instead, it's like, okay, if you de-kink, it's not even a word, if you de-kink the hose, The water naturally flows through the way that it always has wanted to. You can think of it the same with your vitality, with your health. And of course, with relationships, it's going to be the same because you're going to show up more authentically. You're not going to try to control your partner. You're not going to overthink everything. And you're just going to allow it to be. You're going to be so much more chill and you're going to remember you're you're gonna like be inherently worthy which means you're not gonna settle for anything less you're not gonna allow yourself to be disrespected you're gonna call in people who are matching your vibration it just it really does help everything even in career like when you actually truly connect to who you are and let go of the stories that you're not enough or that you have to work really hard to get money or that you can't do what you love and make money or whatever the programs are Suddenly you are free to do whatever you want and you're still going to have personal preference. That's, that's the point, right? You can have your desires, your goals. It doesn't mean you, you're going to become passive and like just surrender to everything. You're just surrendering the fight internally because you're no longer operating from lack or insecurity or scarcity. Okay. I kind of went on a tangent. I tend to do that, but let me come back. So where am I? 
Okay, I wanted to explain the analogy for why this is actually yours to deal with, always ours to deal with, right? Not a problem of something or someone out there. So the way that Alyssa Nobriga explains this, and and I thought this was a brilliant analogy for this work, is that whatever triggers you, let's say there's a trigger, right? Again, let's use the analogy of someone cutting you off in traffic. That trigger is like a knock on the door of a house. The trigger is the knock. Whatever responds, whatever answers the door on an emotional level, level, let's say in this case, anger, frustration, stress, tension, that was already living inside of the house. You being the house. Okay? That is a really beautiful way to look at it because again, it's not that someone made you angry. It's that you had anger within you and this triggered some sort of deep subconscious belief that re-triggered the anger, the emotional response that is showing you your access to a deeper subconscious belief that you've had about yourself, about maybe not being respected. And yeah, I want you to believe to think of it too as like if if you didn't believe that there was some degree of truth to something that someone says to you, it would not upset you. It would not trigger you. Let's say that you have brown hair, like I do, and someone came up to you on the street and was like, "I hate your purple hair. It is so ugly." <laughs> you would be like, "The fuck?" You would be really confused. You might even laugh. You might think that they're just crazy or on something, but you wouldn't get like emotionally triggered and defensive and upset because you know you don't have purple hair. (laughs) It's like silly to think about, but it goes the same way. If someone says that you're super controlling or you're bossy and you believe that to be true to some degree, you're going to try to defend yourself. You're going to get upset. You're going to get angry right? If you don't believe that to be true, you're going to be like, okay, I'm sorry you believe that, but like it, I'm not. So I'm just going to go on with my day now. And this is what I mean. It lives within us. And that again, it's a really hard pill to swallow. Sometimes I get it and have compassion for yourself because this is not easy work. It's not easy to look at this. It's not easy to take responsibility, but responsibility is not blame. It's not about shaming yourself or blaming yourself or getting mad at yourself because you're going to fall into these patterns over and over and over again. We have to learn the hard way sometimes, but it is about awareness and noticing and being like, okay, I want to be a bigger human being so that I can free myself and my lineage and my children to come from these same generational patterns and actually just show up with more responsibility. And this may look like you know, especially at the beginning, when you first start doing this work, I mean, I'm a few years into this and I still, this is still how I go about it someday, sometimes is like, I have the reaction in the moment. Like, for example, if I'm late to something like late to the airport, let's say that for some reason that I just, when there's a really stressful situation and it, it requires like me getting somewhere on time, I, get stressed really easily. And that is a deep subconscious pattern again, for whatever reason. And, um, 
where was I going with this? Oh, so I might have the reaction in the moment of like getting stressed and annoyed and frustrated and like running around and passive aggressive or whatever my response is that is just, you know, deep in me. I it like the I, I might notice now that I'm in that maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes after I have responded that way. Sometimes it's even quicker. And this is again where the progress is. You're you'll you might have the reaction and it's okay. Like know that you are human and like it's deeply ingrained and you're going to start to close the gap of how quickly you are able to bounce back from it and, and shift the way that you are responding. Does that make sense? So now it might be five, 10, 15 minutes instead of like letting it fuck up my whole day. Some people even like let a trigger go on for months and, and then it becomes like a state of being like depression or like chronic anxiety or things like this. But anyway, I'm totally getting off track. I might respond much quicker now, calm myself and know like, okay, what do I need in this moment? I might need to go sit down and take five breaths for myself. You know, I might need a hug for my partner. I might need to just like chill. I don't know what it is, but I need to respond to the reaction emotionally that's happening in my body first. And then when I've calmed down again, that's when I can use it as information to actually go deeper. So again, it's in you use your triggers as teachers. They are teachers. This life is about spiritual evolution, not about circumstantial comfort. That is another quote from Peter Crone. And it is game changer because it allows you to view your life as like, okay, life is trying to teach me something about myself. It's trying to show me a part of me that has not been fully integrated and healed and looked at and felt. And therefore it is still coming up as a trigger, as an inner child wound. And instead of me just constantly working hard and fighting towards getting the things that I want in this life, the money, the partner, the job, the house, the car, that I think are going to bring me peace and happiness and everything that I desire in this life, I can recognize that this life is actually just about me becoming a more authentic, free, healthy, peaceful, calm version of myself. And through that, I can still play and create and see what I have the potential of doing with my life, but not from a place of I need this to be okay, to be safe, be loved, be happy, but from a place of I am already free, peace, happy, and healthy. And this human game is about creation. And I have so much potential that I can do whatever I want because I want to, because it's fun. Do you see how different those perspectives are? Do you see how one is complete freedom and fun and joy and creativity and play, which is what this human experience should be in my opinion? Of course, it's still going to come with its struggles, but you're not you're not amplifying the suffering by constantly running in circles. You are just accepting the fact that there's pain because there's duality in this world, but you're still able to create and have fun and focus on that and embody that as opposed to the opposite. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of water. I hope you're still with me. I know this has been a lot, but it is just like, this is it, you guys. This is this is the work. This is the powerful, powerful work that, again, I don't even think people realize they want. And that's hopefully what this episode will help you realize. Okay, let's look at the other two ways that you can do this work. So again, one is just looking at life as your teacher. I mean, really, this is the overarching theme for all of these, but life as your teacher, looking at your triggers on your own. 
The second one is using relationships. Relationships are mirrors. If we are looking to, if we are willing to look at relationships as teachers, as mirrors for our own evolution and maturity, it's this is this is where you can add the the label of conscious relationships that I talk about a lot. The people that trigger you the most in this life are your greatest teachers. And that is, again, a very hard pill to swallow. And it takes a very big person to actually take ownership and view it that way. And that, again, is completely up to you. But they really are. They really are our greatest teachers. They are showing us parts of us that still need to be healed and integrated. Right? So if there's a part of me that feels like she is not worthy exactly as she is, and I have that come up as a trigger within my romantic relationship, I can either be play victim and and blame it on the other person for not doing enough or not, you know, loving me the right way or not saying the right things. And therefore I am sad and, you know, feeling shitty about myself. Or I can take responsibility and say, huh, what did this trigger inside of me? What is the story I'm telling myself? What part of me doesn't already feel worthy? And how can I hold myself through that and remind myself of my own worth? Because you can. Insourcing your power, your healing is your access to freedom. Knowing that you have everything you need and learning how to become your own support system is truly life-changing. It is what's going to help you heal and grow. And ironically, the more that you do that work with yourself and remember your wholeness and your worth and your your okayness exactly as you are, and you show up with that energy to a relationship, that's where you can actually have a healthy relationship and a really beautiful, deep one that's really intimate and allows you guys both to grow together, which is what I feel Austin and I have done really beautifully over the years. We've been together for almost 10 years, married for six. And yeah, it's been such a blessing. And I have learned so much from that man. He just, he has truly been my greatest teacher and continues to be, which is also why he's one of the people that triggers me the most. <laughs> and he knows that. And I trigger him too, because we are opposites in many, many ways. We have opposite triggers and wounds and yeah, we are, we are meant to do this life together to help each other evolve. And through that, it is, is so beautiful what is possible. It really is because suddenly you don't view your partner as the, the cause of your pain and your suffering and your discomfort, but you view them as a teacher and you become really grateful. Like, thank you for triggering me in this way so that I could actually look at this in myself and and heal it so that it doesn't keep coming up. This is why triggers so often continue to show up in different ways. And people will see this so much in relationships, right? They jump from one partner to the other and it's the same it's the same dynamics but with different people. If that is happening anywhere in your life, you best believe that that is life trying desperately to show you, to wake you up to something within you that you can still heal and move past so that you break that cycle 
and finally attract a situation and a partner where that is no longer the case, right? But if you keep blaming the other person, you're just going to keep moving from relationship to relationship to relationship without ever actually fixing anything. And again, this is really hard to look at, but if you have a partner who's willing to do this work with you, it is so beautiful. And even if you don't, it starts with you. It does not mean just because they're not willing to does not mean that you can't start. You can. And in fact, it does start with you. And oftentimes our partners will mirror us because they're inspired by the change that they see and not because we tell them or try to convince them that they should change. That usually does not work, you guys. (laughs) It doesn't. So just start with yourself. Let life teach you through your relationships, your job, your health, everything. Let life teach you and focus on yourself and you will watch how it influences everything and everyone around you. Okay, back to relationships real quick, because this is such a huge one. And this is why I think a lot of people struggle within relationships, especially romantic relationships, long-term ones, because we thinking that we are the victim and that they are doing something wrong, we end up trying to change them. And the more that you try to change your partner or point out their flaws, the less that that relationship is going to work out, truly. If you allow them to be a mirror for you, and it doesn't mean you have to tolerate disrespect or tolerate abuse of any kind, it does not mean that at all. You need to know what feels good and what doesn't. And if someone is not respecting you or hurting you or abusing you in whatever fashion, then like let this be your sign to love yourself enough to walk away from that. And then you can look at, What in me attracted someone who doesn't respect me? Do I respect myself? Right? Those are the deeper questions that are important to look at after the fact. But do whatever you need to do to stay safe and honor your intuition. Your intuition knows best, right? However, if it is someone who does respect you and does honor you and still triggers you, that's a a great learning opportunity. That doesn't mean it's the wrong relationship. That does not mean, I, I get this a lot. It's like, oh, I thought, you know, if I was with the right person, quote unquote, I wouldn't get triggered, that they wouldn't hurt my feelings. And that's not true. They're gonna, they're not, this is, this is the shift again. They aren't the ones hurting your feelings. It is your triggers. It is your interpretation. It is your deeper subconscious stories that are causing your hurt. They just said something. They said words. And it might have not been the greatest thing in the world. I understand that. And, you know, you have to communicate that. That's part of the deal. However, it is something to look at. That was already in the house. The hurt was already in the house. And this is your access to freedom. So, like, look at that. Because, like, you are worthy. You are worthy of, of looking at these patterns and letting go of that so you don't feel hurt every time that your partner does something who and that wasn't probably even intentionally to hurt you. That is the thing. So many people are out here getting hurt. Again, that pinball getting slammed around by everything that anyone says because they take things so personally because there's still something within them that feels like life is out to get them or something. Everyone is dealing with their own shit. And it gets projected onto other people. So most of the time, what your partner or someone else is saying, or even like someone at the grocery store that like, like 
without any reason, like says something rude to you, the more you can understand that it's not personal, that it's them being a human and and do, having their coping mechanisms and their projections and their shit coming out in their own ways, like the more you can just move through your life with so much more peace and not take it in. So with that said, I just want to go back to my personal or my, my relationship with Austin as to show you guys an example of this, right? So the things that trigger me in Austin, I try my best to look at myself once I've calmed down and be like, what did this trigger within me? And the beautiful thing is within the container of our relationship, because we're both in this work, we both do this work individually and together, I'm able to actually like communicate this to him and he can hold me without making it his fault. Right. And the way to do this is to say, to go up to your partner and say, I felt hurt because when you said this and they're opportunity is to hold space for you emotionally, for you to have your feelings and have your perspective and try to actually meet you there. Try to understand like, oh, like, you know, yeah, you learned this in childhood or you have this belief, or even if you don't know, like, it's okay that you feel this way. Like it wasn't my intention to hurt you, but I can hold space for that part of you. Like, it's okay for you to feel that. And that is a really beautiful, safe container for healing to happen. So a personal example, something that triggers me that's, you know, kind of superficial, but it's a good example, that Austin doesn't seem to get annoyed or bothered by things being disorganized or the house not being clean or things just being in their place. It's just not not something he worries about, which like... I admire about him, honestly. Like, you know, we all have our different qualities. I am by nature just a more organized human being. And I, I I like that. And that is part of who I am. And that's fair. We are all meant to be different and have our unique things. But the reason that it triggers me when he is laying on the couch and the house is a disaster and he's completely at peace and not bothered by any of it and able to just go on with his day and do his things. That triggers me and I can either try and change him and tell him he's wrong and that he should care more and that he should be better and that I need him to do this so that I can be okay, which is how most people actually go about these situations because they don't understand this work yet. Or... I can realize that it is triggering to me because I deep down have some sort of belief that makes me think that I cannot be at peace unless my environment is perfect, perfectly in order and clean and tidy. <laughs> Do you see how this is a mirror? It's not, it's not his fault he is the way that he is and it's triggering me because I have something within me that makes me need to need quote unquote to clean things so that I can feel okay (laughs) it's actually really funny when you think about it and so the way that I would go about this now and that I do go about this now is I communicate that to him because communication is huge right I think that Letting your partner meet you where you're at and understand your conditioning is so, so big so that you can actually relate 
to each other, understand each other's realities based on how they perceive them, based on their conditioning and their thought process and their feelings, but not making it their fault. But if I can tell him, listen, it, it triggers me that you don't care about this stuff as much as I do and that you can just be at peace here while I'm like scrambling to like tidy up the house. But it's not your fault. I understand that. And him now knowing that, he can help and support me and like actually clean because he knows it makes me feel better. But not because he thinks he has to in order to for me to accept him or love him more. It's so different. It's a completely different way of going about things. I can still have my preferences. We're different people. Again, the, the point is not for us all to want the same things and need the same things. But if the fact that if, if it upsets me that he's at peace, that's my shit to look at. And at the end of the day, if we look at it through this perspective, I am so grateful for all the little ways that he triggers me because it allows me to find more freedom within myself. If I can get to the point where I see that story of like, wow, is it really true that I can't be at peace if my environment is messy? No, I don't know where I got that from, but it's not true. And it's doing a disservice to me because it causes me to be in stress and do things because I think I have to. Like, ugh, I'm so annoyed that I have to clean up this house when all I want to do is rest. No one is holding a gun to my head saying that I have to clean this house right now. It is my own mind, my own subconscious stories that have convinced me that that is a thing. Hence, my lack of freedom coming from me, coming from my subconscious. Now, when I do that and I do this work and I get to the root of it, I can sigh and I can, your body language literally will respond to what your mind is thinking always. So pay attention to that too. I can sit my butt on the couch, even if the house is a disaster and I can rest if that's what I need to. And the responsibilities can be handled a little bit later and nothing's gonna go to shit. (laughs) It's our own stuff, you guys. It really is. And as hard as it is, it's also like the most liberating and beautiful thing in the world. Because nothing outside of you is going to bring you peace, fulfillment, self-love, happiness, health. It can support you. And it definitely, you know, that's a huge part of it. But you are the source of all those things. Not, Not just the source, but like you are those things you're looking for. And there are just stories and subconscious blocks in the way that stop you from realizing that that is truth. And that's what we're undoing in this work. We're undoing the mental knots (laughs) that are in the way, which is also funny because it's not just K-N-O-T-S, like a knot, like a rope in your mind, but it's also the knot of story, N-O-T, of like, because most of these stories and constraints are in the realm of negation of self, which means like, I am not something which inherently you are. Like I'm not loved, but you are because you are a breathing, living human being. And that inherently means like you are loved, right? Like a baby that comes into this world, they don't have to do absolutely anything to be loved. They just are loved for being alive, for being a precious miracle of a human. You are that baby. 
you just have adopted stories because of things that that have happened and how you've interpreted them that make you think that you are not and that you have to do something more to be loved. So that story of I am not loved is what we are removing, which is also like a knot in your mind. So anyway, just a fun thing. But yeah, that is my little example within my relationship. So relationships can be a such, such, such beautiful teachers. And if you start looking at them this way, not just romantic relationships, but relationships to everything, we know ourselves in, in, by means of relating to this life, the way that you relate to money, the way that you relate to, you know, the, the friends that you have or your partner or your habits or your beliefs or your parents or whatever it is, yourself. It's all by relationship because we can't know ourselves unless it is by contrast, you know, by seeing something else and recognizing what we are or think we are not. The last and probably most profound way, if I do say so myself, of working through these subconscious stories and accessing more freedom is by, is through mentorship or coaching or therapy or some sort of container where someone is literally committed to being a mirror for you. Again, these are blind spots for a reason. They're in your subconscious, meaning you cannot see them. It's like driving in a car. You can't see your blind spots, but someone else can from the outside. And that is the the role of a really good mentor or coach within this work is someone who can you can come to be fully safe, fully supported, feel like you can fully be yourself, judgments, criticism, patterns and all, because they know that you're human and they have their own patterns and we understand this work. It's like, I think that the people who understand this work are the least judgmental, the most safe, because they understand what it is to be human and they work with these patterns all day long. So there's really nothing to hide. There's nothing to be shameful of. There's just a lot of love and acceptance and compassion, but the more safe you feel to actually show up to this relationship, because there's less at stake than maybe a romantic relationship or a friendship or a family dynamic, or, and there's also less baggage of like who they thought you, who they think you are, like through their own perspective of you, right? You come to this dynamic and you bring all parts of you. It allows us as, or me as the coach or the mentor, whoever it is, to see where you are still getting caught up in old stories and subconscious beliefs that are at the root of the quote unquote problems in your life or the blocks or the things that are still holding you back from the, the everything that you truly desire. And that work is gold. That is transformative, really. And it's super, super empowering. It accelerates your growth because you have someone who's literally able to point, like hold out a mirror and be like, and ask questions that help you come to the root of your own mind and then hold you accountable to actually practicing and implementing the things to shift those narratives. Again, it's awareness, becoming aware of your, of your patterns and then practice. That's a huge one. It's like you have to repeat and repeat and repeat a new way of being, a new way of showing up, showing up with more compassion, you know, changing these ways so that you create new neural pathways in the mind. 
And through accountability is actually how you create lasting change once you become aware of these patterns. So that is where coaching and mentorship is been, I mean, it's been huge for my own growth. It just accelerates it so much more when you have someone there to really, really hold you accountable. And coaching or mentorship is not just something that you have to reach for when you're struggling in life. I think this is a really common misconception of like, oh, my my life's okay. Like, I don't know, I can go without. Yeah, you can. You can totally go without. And if you really pr- like care and value your health and your freedom and your vitality and fulfilling on your potential in this one pretty short human life, then imagine how much quicker you can access those deeper layers of yourself and your authenticity and do the work that you're here to do and live happy despite your circumstances in the now if you decide that you are worthy of that kind of support. You're not reaching for this because you need it or because you're broken without it or because you're not capable on your own. It's actually a it's actually communicating your worth to reach out for support because you know the power of having someone in your field who's committed to your growth and your health and is willing to be that mirror for you. That is the ultimate power move, really. And that is something my coach said to me when I invested in an eight, well, it was, it ended up being eight months, but it was meant to be six. And you know, at the beginning, I was a little bit hesitant because it's a lot of money to invest in yourself in this way. It's a lot it, it, one-on-one work. I mean, it's high touch coaching. It's you you have someone in your back pocket at all times. It's very intimate and therefore very healing and transformative too. But she said to me at the beginning, you know, when we were on our clarity call that I deserve the support. It's not because I need it. I deserve it. And that shifted everything for me. I was like, I do deserve it. Because I have so much to give in this world and I'm so ready to like fulfill on all the things that I'm here to do. And it's a disservice for me to keep playing small and allowing these patterns to hold me back in life. You know, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this also for humanity. Like I'm looking at this as like, I have these desires on my heart for a reason. Like, God, source, universe literally has placed these desires, this potential, this knowing that you are meant for more on your heart for a reason. It wouldn't be there if you weren't meant to or able to fulfill on it. And to stand in that worth so deeply and say, you know what? I know I can get there by myself and I probably will, but like this life means so much to me and I am so committed to this path that I'm willing to invest in myself to to pay someone to be that support system for me and help me get there quicker because they've been there themselves. Like the same way you pay a professor to teach you something that you want to master in university, it's the same kind of stuff here. But the problem, the reason why it's so difficult for women especially to actually follow through and invest in themselves in this way is because they don't feel they are worthy enough of it. They feel guilty of spending money for their own health and happiness, which is such a disservice because doing so will improve every single area of your life and will allow you to give back in such a way that is absolutely going to change the course of this of this world humanity needs us to step the fuck up 
And it starts with you acknowledging that you are deserving of it. So whether that is me or someone else you've been eyeing or a program or anything else, anything that's going to help your health and your, your evolution as a spiritual being, like let this be your sign that you are worthy of that. And that money is meant to be circulated. And it's about where you put it, the value that you give it that really determines what it's going to do for you and how it's going to come back to you. You become magnetic when you step into your worth and your power. So whatever calls to you at this time, I just want to encourage you to know that you are worthy of it. And life will help you because life, life literally rewards courage every single time. Life is trying to help you step into your authenticity and your power and your potential. So when you show the fuck up and you say, okay, I believe you and I'm going to take the risk. Life, just watch what happens. I've seen it in my personal life. I literally did not have all of the money to pay my mentor back in the, last year. And I had no idea how the fuck I was going to make it happen. But I jumped in with both feet and I was like, life just, I like, I trust you. I trust this feeling that I have within me and there's never going to be a perfect time. So like, let's go. And within three months, I had a large sum of money literally fall into my lap that I could have never predicted from a sale that like my mom literally sold a, a condo back in Costa Rica. I had no idea. I knew she was going to give me some money, but I had no idea when it was going to happen. And I had no idea how much money she was going to give me. So I could not count on that. And it was exactly what I needed to pay the rest of my mentorship. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to encourage you guys to put yourselves first because you are at the center of your own universe. And these subconscious blocks are the only thing getting in your way. It's not a lack of discipline. It's not a lack of knowledge. It's not a lack of, uh, I mean, yes, those things will help you and support you. And I believe in all of those. But until you actually work with the subconscious, again, you are at best becoming a better version of your limited self. And you're capable of so much more. So if you are interested in working with me, I will put it out there that I have one-on-one coaching spots available and they are three or six month containers. Again, I want you to think about if this seems like a long time, I want you to think about all of the decades that have happened that have ingrained the, the beliefs and the systems and the patterns that you hold nowadays that you think are who you are. It's taken a long time to become second nature. And so it's not super, super quick that you're going to reverse all of that. But three months and six months is really not a long time. If you think about the possibility of what can happen um, when you are in a container that is dedicated to you and your growth. And the more you're willing to commit to have patience and stay in it for the long term, like the more you will get out of it. And I've seen that. And it's really, really beautiful to have such an intimate container with one with a with a one-on-one client um, and develop that beautiful relationship. It's like you just you're you'd be surprised what is possible within that dynamic. And yeah, just allowing yourself to be seen and supported to become a more authentic version of yourself is like, it's the greatest gift you could ever, ever give yourself. You will walk away with such a deeper understanding of yourself and your patterns and where they came from and how to actually navigate your triggers when they come up in a way that is effective, in a way that takes you, that allows you to take action so that you're not just self-sabotaging or procrastinating on starting on the things that you know you want to do. 
that you know will make you better because of XYZ story, you'll acquire a whole toolbox of information and tools and practices that are really going to help you stay grounded and regulated when shit hits the fan, which is bound to happen. You're a human in this body, in this life, like shit's not always going to go your way. And knowing how to actually move through that in a way that is going to maintain your health and and influence your spiritual evolution in a good way and not just let you be an emotional pinball based on circumstances. Like it's, it's game changing you guys. And these are tools you're going to have for the rest of your life. If you, if you choose to implement them, you'll find so much peace and freedom despite your circumstances. That's the beauty of this work. It does not require you to go to the gym for six months and then, then you can be happy. It doesn't require you to find the partner so that then you can feel loved. It doesn't require you to make a shit ton of money so that you can feel worthy. Those are all accessible here and now if you get rid of the stories that are blocking them. And then you become a magnet for all of those things. Because manifestation and creating the circumstances you want is all about matching the the worth of the thing that you're calling in. That's why someone who feels really fucking worthy, even if it's like, you have no reason, <laughs> like from the outside looking in, let's say they're super, I don't know, super wealthy in, in what they do. And you're like, they're not even that good at it or whatever, whatever your trigger is. But let's say that that is maybe the case on paper, but they're worth because they believe in it and they're, they're, you know, magnet, they're magnetic to it because they actually are resonating in that frequency of that worth. And so that's why it's able to come to you with so much more ease your health falls into place, your relationships are suddenly so much more intimate and meaningful and powerful. You feel so much more purpose-driven. It's all a result of you. You are at the center of your own universe and your mind is creating your experience of this life. If your experience is one of stress and constantly feeling like you need to do more and be more and do more and all these things, then like that is your experience. You're not a victim. It's not, it's not just who you are. Like, oh, I'm just like, I'm just am anxiety. Like I'm just a stressful person. No, you've acquired that because of your conditioning and you have the potential, the ability to change that and become someone who's actually very peaceful and also very creative and determined and, and, you know, enthusiastic about creating lots of cool things in this life. But it's not coming from a lack of worth or this feeling of like, I'm not okay if I don't do more. It's a very different view and approach to life. And it has brought me so much freedom. I cannot even begin to tell you. I used to be a person that was identified as being super controlling. People used to call me, oh my gosh, this was, this was such a pain point for me. But in, in middle school, people used to call me, they would be like, okay, mom, or like, tell me that I'm really bossy. And I hated that about myself but I thought it was just who I am. Like, and, and so if you, you know, with that mentality, I was like constantly trying to, to change it and hide it. And I would get super defensive when that came up because I didn't like that. I didn't think, you know, like deep down, that's not who I am. No one's just a controlling person. That is a coping mechanism. That's a protective mechanism out of fear because you think you have to control your circumstances in order to be okay or be accepted or feel safe, but you don't. You don't. 
life is okay as it is. And you don't, you are not a controlling person. And so I have been able to work through so many of these false identities that I, that I adopted as coping mechanisms for these deeper beliefs. And yes, I still have a long way to go. I'm not perfect by any means. It's a lifelong journey, but I mean, the, the amount of freedom and health and joy and peace that I have that I have been able to bring into my life because of this work is just unlike anything else. And, you know, it's, it's just made every part of my life better. My relationships are so beautiful and so healthy. They're so healthy compared to anything I've ever witnessed growing up. There's no shouting. There's no, yes, we have disagreements, but they're, we're able to communicate. We're able to hold each other. We're able to take space without it, like, offending anyone and then come back together and talk about things and actually grow from them. I have a beautiful community of friends of people who are also, you know, committed to this work. And it's not because I like had to go out and seek them. It just, it happened naturally because I became a magnet for it. My health, you know, I used to be, if you've been following me along for a while, I used to be so obsessed with health in the physical, nutrition especially, and gut health, and supplements, and testing, and diets, and just doing all the right things, and reading all the books, and listening to all the podcasts, and I was doing all the right things on paper and more. Like if you would have looked at what I was doing, you'd have been like, wow, you're like a really healthy person. And yet, my body was struggling. I was... I felt like shit all the time. I was bloated. I was fatigued. I had so many health symptoms and I could not, it literally did not make sense until I started to look deeper at my subconscious, at what I was still holding on to, which for me was a deep, deep story that if I wasn't physically healthy, I would not be loved. I was not worthy of success, especially because I was a health coach. And so I was coming at it from a place of like, this needs to fix me and I'm not going to be okay until I look a certain way and feel a certain way. And the moment that I started to work with that, instead of just my diet and manipulating all my external circumstances, what do you know? My health started to fall into place. I'm telling you guys, this is at the root. This is the pebble. This is the work. And it's my heart and soul. It's my passion to share this. It's in my gene keys for all that matters. Like I know this is my life's work and I keep learning more and I would love to take you guys along for the journey and help you access new levels of freedom and just discover this work for yourself. So if you are interested, I'm going to leave the link in the show notes below to apply. It's a really quick questionnaire just to answer a couple questions and then we'll jump on a free call and we'll get to know each other and see if this is a good fit and see how I can support you and what would work best for you. And if it's not me, then I hope it's someone else, but I just want you to know that you are worthy of any support that feels true and in alignment for you and know that there's going to be fear. It's something new. It's a risk. It's always a risk, but it's also a risk to not do anything when you have a calling to do something. That is probably the scariest thing of all because time is ticking. You're not getting any younger and like life can always get better. Your life does not have to be in the shitter in order to reach out for support. Seriously, we're not meant to do this alone. And there's people who have gone through the depths already that can avoid you and like that can help you prevent a lot of just discomfort and pain and struggle. 
because they've been there and they get it. Okay. That is all. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. (laughs) I love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, and one thing I'll say is that if you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating and review. It would mean the absolute world to me. I always forget to say that, but it's the way that you can give back and show your support and yeah, help me, help me know that I'm, that I'm helping you. That would mean the world to me. That is my only ask. All right. I love you guys. Bye.